everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Lori, and today we will be sitting down with Sarah from Sarah Styles LLC. She has created a very useful tool that analyzes sales and inventory data for Poshmark sellers. This dashboard has changed the way Lori and I look at our data and how we use it and how it helps us in our sourcing process and to increase our profit margins. And don't worry, everyone, this conversation will not be too technical. Yes, Please. Because we, <laughs> <laughs> we are not that technical when it comes to data, but we are going to break it down for you so you too can look at your data and use it to grow your reselling business. All right, everyone, data with Sarah Styles. Here we go. Welcome, Sarah, to Thrifters Villa. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Sarah. Hi, thanks for having me. You guys have the best podcast voices. Oh, oh my God. I love your accent, Daniela, and Lori, your voice is just like so calming. I know, Lori's soothing. I actually fall asleep sometimes when I listen to Lori's videos at night when I'm in bed and she releases them. Yes, oh her gosh. YouTube videos so calming yeah. that's so funny I, you have no idea how much I hear that and then I laugh because if you ask my kids they would not agree with you that I have <laughs> the voice depending on the day um but yes and isn't Daniela's accent amazing I love it it's, yes. a little, it's a little Rhode Island Cranstonian accent can't help it she's only an hour away from me but we sound very different yeah. And my husband, I, I mean, Daniela knows this and I think Lori does but my husband's from Boston and so it reminds me very much of like his family and He's lost it mostly, but every once in a while it comes out. So, oh, yeah, you know, you don't ever want to lose the Boston accent. That would be sad. My husband's is stronger than mine. I love it. But yeah. mine does come out. When I'm tired, you'll hear it more. So, <laughs> maybe tonight. By the end of the podcast. Yes. yes. So, Sarah, we are just curious. Let us, like, what prompted you to create the dashboards? Um, so I have a background in data analytics and started, I started with upcycling and got into reselling, um, a little over a year ago, just straight reselling. And after a couple of months of doing it, I started looking at my data just cause that's what, like, it's like my comfort zone, right? I was like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, let me start trying to look at what's working for me. Um, cause I would look at videos and be like, oh, buy this and buy this. And I'm like, okay, I'm buying these brands, but I have no idea if they're actually selling. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Story um, so started, of every reseller. Yes. Right. right. And there's great YouTube videos and information out there. But then I was like, well, I'm doing what people are telling me to do, but like, I don't know if it's working. <laughs> um, and so I started looking at my own data I started going to Posh and Sips, which I love the community, um, and talking to other people. And they were also like, I don't know, you know, like kind of in the same boat that I was in. So I was telling them that I, you know, was using a spreadsheet and whatever. And they're like, oh, like, can I have it? <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Um, so I did a couple like little ones for friends of mine. And they're like, you need to like make this mass product. Um, wow. Yeah. And so I kind of went down, my husband has a background in um, creating financial dashboards. So he kind of helped it look the way it looks and make it for a mass product. Cause I'm more into like analyzing the data and what to look at and meant not necessarily like making it look pretty. Mm -hmm. um, but he kind of sat down and kind of team worked it together um, to put out so people, other resellers could look at it. That's a great partnership right there. How nice. Yeah, that's really, yeah. really good. So Bless guess, his heart because he has a full-time job. And then I'm like, so you've been doing this all day. And will you come look at my dashboard now and fix it? <laughs> Please and thank you. <laughs> so what is your background in data? So have you always, you know, resold online full-time? Or what, what's your background when it comes to data since you do like to analyze it? Yeah, um, my background is completely all over the place. I'm um, like a hippie wanderer. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of just like it. go with the flow. So I have, I've been upcycling since I was in high school, um, always as like a side gig, because um, it's hard to do it full time and make money. But I was a hairdresser in my early 20s, and also um, upcycling on the side. And in my mid 20s, I was like, well, I don't really want to cut hair the rest of my life, because it's very demanding on your body. And I was already starting to get aches and pains. Um, so I went back to school to be a math teacher um high school math teacher and when I graduated the economy just was not great and so I got a job wherever I could and that was in corporate America doing data analytics for a utility so I was um, working at building 
statistical uh, models to forecast energy, like how much energy are we going to use in the future? So we know when we need to build power plants and wow. all of that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's impressive. Fascinating and way above my head. <laughs> yeah, it was wow. Really yeah, we need people I mean, like was, you in our world, Sarah. <laughs> I mean, it was a team, right? Like I wasn't like doing all every, I mean, there was a team of us doing it, but I was, I did mostly like the gas side of it. But, um, so that's where my data analytics came in. And then I had my daughter, um, five years ago, a little over five years ago and decided to stay home with her and kind of did upcycling a little bit often on when the kids were little. Um, and then I was starting about a year ago, I started, um, to get rid of like maternity clothes because I was like we're done having babies I'm getting rid of like I lost the weight I'm not going back I'm getting rid of it and someone was like you should sell it on Poshmark and I was like okay and I put a couple things on Poshmark and I sold and I love thrifting I'd been upcycling forever um and so I tried a couple of things on Poshmark that I thrifted like things that I was like oh this is a really nice Patagonia jacket it's not my size I don't need it let me see if I can resell it and it sold and I was like well here we go you know like yeah. the next weekend I was like 300 items let's go and my husband was like what is going on <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> I feel like it's really easy to get hooked once you make oh those God, first yeah. couple of sales and you just realize kind of the power you have if you have a good eye yeah, yeah right I agree. well and with upcycling I was upcycling clothes so I've been thrifting forever for that I was just looking at it for a different way Mm -hmm. um, Sarah, can I interrupt you for one second when yeah. you say upcycling some people might not know what that is so can you explain what upcycling means um yeah so I upcycled um I mean there's different ways people do it with like furniture and stuff I did it with clothing so I would take like in my early 20s I would take like a pair of jeans and turn it into a skirt or I made like men's ties into like a women's dress or like take, you know, Ooh. something old and make it into something new. Um, most recently I was doing it for mom life doing, um, it was really hard to find cute nursing tops um, that were reasonably priced. So I started making nursing tops for myself um, and converting, you know, stuff that I had into nursing tops. And then of course people were like, oh, I want some too. And then I found Etsy and I was like, oh, I'll sell these on Etsy. That is so, so cool. Do you have experience as a seamstress? I mean, do you, um, have you sewn your whole life? Um, I, yeah, I mean, kind of. My mom taught me a little bit when we were growing up and my grandma. And then in high school when, because, so I am one of six children on a policeman's income. So mm -hmm. we grew up thrifting and I would like see an item that I'm like, I could totally just make that. And so my mom like really sat down and taught me um, how to sew in high school, like more serious. And oh, that's then great early 20s I did take a couple um classes to get a little bit better at it um but I kind of just made it up <laughs> so that's that. was like, great, though. what a unique way to get into reselling too you know your process and upcycling and then you losing the weight after the babies kind of brought you to where you are now mm -hmm. that's a great journey I love that story and I love I want to see your dress made out of ties will you send yeah, me right? a picture of it <laughs> I, um, I mean it yeah, if I can find one. So this was, I mean, you're talking like back before social media was a thing. Um, so like, I don't know that I have like actual physical pictures of a lot of this stuff from back then. Um, I found it. sound very creative, Sarah. I love it. <laughs> and it's interesting yeah, to have somebody with an analytical mind also be so creative. That's a great pairing. Yeah, I agree. As well. Mm -hmm. Very, very cool. So Daniela, do you want to talk a little bit about your experience with the dashboard? We have both downloaded it. So there's a sales dashboard as well as an inventory dashboard and you import your data from Poshmark. And Sarah, once you purchase it through her Etsy page, you get this great tutorial link for YouTube where she kind of gives you step-by-step -step how to basically install the dashboards, which was critical for somebody like me who that does not come natural to like that process. So no, that was really helpful. And I, I really did like pause it, do what she said, go back. Okay. What's next? Okay. How do I do that? And it was really super helpful. And then we had all this information in front of us. That was great. So Daniela, what, what were some things that uh, you discovered after seeing the dashboard that maybe you had some assumptions about prior to seeing the data? So I think the dashboard really opened up my eyes in a, in a different way than I thought that it would. So I thought I understood my data 
recording it the way that I always have. Um, but when I downloaded the dashboard and I put my and I put my information from Poshmark, I realized that some of my assumptions I had made about what was selling in my closet and what my average sale price really was throughout the entire year. So I, when I did this, uh, the inventory and sales dashboard, I did it for the whole year, even though I started reselling um, seriously in March. So my numbers are a little skewed because January and February don't really match up, but it's mm -hmm. okay. Um, so like in terms of brands, certain brands that I thought sold well for me actually didn't. Brands that I thought sold horribly for me did a lot better and had a higher average sale price than I thought it did. So I think a lot of times, like I know me personally, I think that something gives me more value than what it really does just because of, I don't know, I see it giving everyone else really great value. And I think that it sells great for me too. But then when I really sit there and look at it, okay, well maybe I shouldn't pass over, I don't know, we'll use the free people example. And I know I brought up another podcast as well. So free people was my number one selling item all of last year. And if you asked me before mm -hmm. the dashboard, if it did, I would have told you, no, I almost gave up my inventory to Lori. <laughs> I kept it. So it's all I, your fault, Sarah, I was going to get all this great free people. In all this free, free people. It's so true. <laughs> and I kept it all. And, uh, and I have, and I have sold some of it. And I think I'm being more conscious about that when I am sourcing. And, and I, I think my sourcing strategies also changed a little bit. I was very focused on very specific um, elements of sourcing and, and where I was going to get my inventory. Obviously, I don't want to give too many secrets away because I know there's local people that listen to this and we all like to have our one or two little honey holes. We like to keep the secret. Um, I love you all, but you know, some things you gotta, gotta keep private. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, it was really good for me because I'm a Capricorn and I think that I know everything, but I clearly don't. Um, <laughs> that's just facts. <laughs> um, I, I don't know everything. And sometimes it's good to look at stuff and it gives you a realization of um, what you should really be focusing on. Because my overall goal this year is not only to achieve a certain financial like I, this I want to be able to pay off some student loan debt that I have and I also am trying to save towards specific goals my husband and I have and I think in order to reach those goals I just need to be smarter about my sourcing and my selling this year in order to reach that point point. and I don't think I was that smart about it last year I just kind of bought things that I thought worked I didn't have that foundation where now I have almost a full year of data to go off of and I have a foundation to go off of. And I think that's what helped me the most um, from the dashboard and talking to Sarah about the stuff like Sarah is super accessible to everyone and she answers so many questions for people and, and, it, and it's great. And it's, it's wonderful to have a resource like that. And we all have each other too. And Sarah does have a Facebook group um, that you can join if you purchase the dashboard where people are just kind of bouncing things around to each other and, it's just, it's great. Um, yeah. So that's kind of my, my summary of the dashboard. It's been a, an awesome experience. It's helped me source better. Um, and it's helped me realize that brands that I thought were doing well for me, eh, maybe they weren't, then there were other mm -hmm. ones that were doing better. So I don't know what your experience was, Lori, with all yeah, of that. Yeah, I'm just, I was just going to ask Sarah if she has seen any um, themes based on just like the masses of people that you have discussed, if there's like, if that you have um, talked talk to about your dashboard if there's like any one area that people seem to report back on the most yeah, I mean I think for the most part it's basically mimics what Daniela just said um for different areas but it's usually like I had no idea that was doing good and I quit picking it up and mm -hmm. it's my number one seller um and then they just start buying that again and it, like, they're not, they're not going to different stores. It, like they're not doing anything different, but picking up stuff that they used to pass over and then they're just making more money. Um, that's cool. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, for me with the, with the dashboard, when I, when I was looking at the inventory report and stuff, it, it told me like, I, I sold something like 215 tops and um, as much as tops are easy to pick up, they never really excited me because it doesn't feel like there's a big return on most tops. You know, most tops are, I would say, between like the twenty and thirty dollar range, or fifteen to thirty. I don't know for whatever reason. And I also think that tops take a fair amount of time to go through, where I can scan the shoes relatively quickly, and I can go through jackets fast. And both of those sections of the thrift store 
in my opinion, are good return on investment. So I, I would focus on those areas. Purses were easy to look through. So when I saw that uh, Tops did so well, I'm again, just not going to any different stores, but spending a little more time in the tops and looking at sizes, um, like for my jeans, I, I actually have a visual because I stack my jeans according to size, like starting on the left with 25s and all the way over on the right with like 32s or basically like double zero to 14, 16, 18 sort of thing in my piles. And the piles over on the right are always really low. Um, and then, of course, when I looked at my data, it showed that I really needed to be replenishing those larger sizes. But I typically find a lot of the cooler brands, I guess, for lack of a better word, in in small sizes, which certain brands I'll still obviously pick up if I, you know, find Madewell or Rag and Bone or Mother Jeans. If they're in a 24, I'm still going to pick them up. But generally, like if I see a pair of uh, Ann Taylor Loft or whatever, I would probably not pick them up in a smaller size, but now I will in a larger size because I know that that's what the data showed um, is selling for me. So yeah, it, it, it was it was just great. And the top selling brands for me, I guess, weren't as surprising because they were, you know, Madewell and Anthropology and Free People and Lucky Brand, which are brands that I tend to like and pick up. And then I also wondered, though, with the data, are these my best-selling brands because I have so much of it and I'm picking up so much of it? You know, it's interesting to see, like, yes, this many sold, but how much do I still have on hand, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, that's, and that's actually been on my mind as well. Um, so before the inventory, I had a dashboard before this one, and before the inventory report came out, um, I, I didn't have nearly as much data in it because I didn't want to say, Hey, you're selling lots of tops, but you don't know how many you actually have. And so like all of the sell through rates and like buy size and subcategory wasn't in the previous one. Um, because I didn't want to give like false assumptions. Right. But yeah. I do feel like the top brands, like to your point, you really have to know your data and know, are you selling lots of it because you have a lot of it? Or because it's actually a top sell. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're picking up a lot of anthro, but you're only selling a small portion of that, you could be a top brand, but then you're also wasting money that's just sitting there. Um, so there is, and this is right. my, my dashboard. I have, a, I already have a laundry list of things that I want to add to the next version. <laughs> oh, that, was, that wasn't even do. like, a, that wasn't a criticism at all. No, I just, no, was, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear it because I do want to continuously update it. And I've been thinking it, so I'd like to hear it from other people as well. And I think you have valid points. Yeah, but it's also something I enjoy picking up. So, and it's still a top selling brand. So I don't know, like I, I, I found that to be really interesting. And you just mentioned sell through rates, which was really helpful for me um, also um, because for example, dresses and skirts in 2019, I think my sell through rate was only 37%, which was my lowest sell through rate in any one broad category. Mm -hmm. So I either need to source better dresses or source less dresses or or whatever, but that for me, and that, that again, it didn't surprise me, but when I, when I, when I look at it in black and white, it kind of confirms things and makes me make different choices, which is really helpful. Yeah. I, I want to go back to, um, Lori, something that you said about when you're sourcing, you're only finding certain sizes. And this is an issue that I think a lot of resellers have. I know I personally have when I'm out there looking for whatever it is I'm looking for, it is always a small, extra small or a medium. It's very difficult. And I don't know why that is to find large, extra large, you know, it's just, I, I struggle with that sometimes. And I know that like, just for example, um, the other night I found Everlane jeans in a size 32, I listed them and they sold within 20 minutes. Like, I yeah. wish I could find that all the time. But I, think I mean, I think logically thinking the reason that we see more sizes is because, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I have, you know, people grow out of stuff and it's, it's more rare that people are getting smaller and going in that direction than in the other direction. I don't want to make assumptions. I'm just speaking on my own side. There was a time where I was a smaller size and now I am a bigger size. And I, I think, you know, those, even my 18 year old daughter who was like a 25 two years ago is now, sorry, that is my dog scratching again, um, is now like a twi size 26. She's still a size four, but she's not a size zero anymore. And I just think that those are just the first to go. 
Yeah. Well, I also think, I mean, you put it in your closet and it sold in 20 minutes, which means that's also what's happening at thrift stores. Um, so they put it out and someone finding it before you get to it is probably not even a reseller, just someone who's shopping at a thrift store. There's more population in that size and it's a um, more wanted size. Um, I will say I was talking on my live YouTube with Shop Foxborough and she is one of her goals this year um, is to increase and be more, I can't think of the word that she said, it was very like politically correct, but have larger sizes. Um, and something that she does is source online a lot mm. um, because then you can pick. And so she pays a little bit more, but then one, she's encompassing and being, you know, more friendly for everybody, sizes, all sizes. Size inclusive. Yes, thank you. I can, I knew that was like a politically correct word. Mm -hmm. um, but she, or like she'll go on like Facebook groups and when people are giving out like a whole lot, um, it's on my live and she went through and talked about some of her strategies because she told me she was going to be, a, you know, expanding and trying to have um, more sizes. And I was like, but how? Because I can only find the smaller mm. size as well especially in certain brands and so yeah. certain brands don't make bigger sizes. Right. Well, they're in line with the other issue is that a lot of these brands that are, you know, quote unquote popular that are, they're really hot on Poshmark only go up to size 12 or only go up to size 14 and don't go any higher than mm -hmm. that. So. Well, Anthropology just came out with their whole plus size yeah. line, which is yeah. really and wonderful. She does um, a lot of cloth too. Um, which I think has a plus size line too. Yeah, and I love, mod cloth just came up recently in a conversation and I was debating between a mod cloth piece and one other. And I feel like the comps on a lot of mod cloth aren't great. As much as I love the style, sometimes I leave it behind because it doesn't, doesn't fetch a lot of cash, although I really love it. Well, in my I experience. Her, yeah, I think to her point, I'm, Go. Her channel is awesome. She's on YouTube too. Um, but on my live video and then some of her channels that she's done, um, it doesn't always sell super high, but it sells faster. Um, and she's really good at picking it up too. Like she knows the styles because that's my problem. I don't really know Anthro and Modcloth styles well enough to know like which one is going to sell. Mm -hmm. um, you and know, so I, Anthro is like my worst seller, which is like weird in the reseller world, right? Um, not really. If it's not a brand you're not familiar with, or you don't like, you're not drawn to it, then, and there's so much of it. And there's a lot of basics that aren't selling good. I mean, it seems everybody's talking about how anthro and free people aren't worth picking up right now. So it's interesting how these like, um, opinions kind of spread like wildfire through Instagram and YouTube, you know, and then it becomes the script for a lot yeah. of people. Right. However, and that kind of, oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, I, I think that's where this data really comes in. Like, you just have to look at your own stuff, your own style, and your own data to see what you're going to continue to pick up. Like, what's your best-selling thing, Sarah? Um, I do. So, categories, it's purses and shoes. Um, and jackets in the winter, dresses more in the summer. Um, and so, like, my top-selling brand is Coach. Um, oh, wow. Which, yeah, and if you talk to a lot of, and this is why, I mean, you kind of, said what I was going to say. This is why it's important to look at your data because I was going out looking for anthropology before I looked at my data. Um, and I'm not good at picking it up or we don't have a lot of it in color. I don't know what it was, but like until I looked at my data, I would have kept picking it up. Right. And like, mm -hmm. it's not now I know like I can pick up coach <laughs> for some reason, either we get a lot of it or I know how to pick up good stuff. I don't know. But um, I think some of it too, is I love shoes and purses. Mm -hmm. And so I think that goes into why it's a top seller for me because I have a passion for them. I like photographing them. I like wearing, you know, like all of it goes into my background. I've loved them forever. So I know a lot about base knowledge about them just from being a woman for 35 years and loving purses. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Yeah. Daniela, that's you to too, right? Those are your favorites. Yeah, I have to agree. So I, I sell um, shoes, purses, and jeans the best. And those are always the three places I go to first when I go into a thrift store. Um, or if I'm at the bins, they're the first things I'm always looking for. I'm always looking for jeans. I'm always looking for shoes. And I'm always looking for purses because that's what sells best for me. And I think I get so much joy from it as well. Like I hardly ever go to the dress section. I'll skim it. Not really a big deal to me. I'll go to the, I go to blazers a lot because I do like picking up blazers. Um, mm. Tops, I force myself to go to them. Um, 
skirts hardly ever like there's just certain things we're, we're more drawn to and I think that does show up in in our closets as well and you know whatever you have more of in your closet tends to move better too just kind of to a point you made earlier Sarah like is it just that you have a lot of this stuff and that's why the sell-through rate is so good or is it that the actual brand is selling well for you yeah, and I think, I mean, because you have the sell-through rates on categories, subcategories, and that kind of stuff. So that is, that's not a numbers game. Like, I have a lot of, and I'm looking deeper into my purses because I sell a lot of them, um, but some styles aren't selling well for me. Um, and so then I can look and see, like, okay, is this not a style that's popular right now and stuff? Um, but for brands, there's not currently in the dashboard a sell-through rate. So that is kind of the game's uh, or the numbers game is it because you buy a lot of it that it's selling a lot or because you know what to pick up um and your point with the jeans I cannot sell a pair of jeans to save my life really like, I don't know and it's so funny and I mean back to the point at looking at your data if you go on social media everyone tells you I mean jeans are top sellers pick up jeans they'll sell and anthropology and those are like my two worst things I don't know I don't wear a lot of jeans so I don't know if like, I don't know like styles to pick up um, and dresses. I love dresses. Huh. Um, it like, I see a dress and it just brings joy to my heart. <laughs> so I love sourcing through the dresses and that's where like, it, you don't like those Daniela, but it works good for me. And I, I think cool. I don't like them because my arms hurt really bad every time that I have to look at the dress. <laughs> Same. It's, it's like turning. <laughs> that is a valid point because they are always higher. That's valid. Yeah, Sarah's like a workout girl, so she's got those strong arms. Or are you tall, Sarah? What is it? Or both? Um, I mean, I'm 5'7". I want to say I'm tall. Oh, you're taller than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I'm 5'4 in a good day. There you oh, go. Yeah, so I don't have to reach as high. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I get frustrated. Well, I mean, I think... I don't think there's any reason for anybody's dashboards to look the same or, you know, passions to be the same. That's what makes yeah. everybody, you know, everybody's closet different and why my repeat customers would not be Sarah's, would not be Daniela's or whatever, you know, but it's, it's kind of fun to chat and see what works for yeah. other people, you know. Speaking of repeat customers, that actually was very interesting to me. So on Sarah's dashboard, there's a, a tab about, you know, your customers and how many of them have bought from you multiple times and also where they're located. I've actually um, looked at that information and it kind of amazes me. Most of my sales, well, I mean, I guess it makes sense. And Sarah and I have talked about this before, are from the larger states like California, like Texas. But I've actually had... Um, quite on that list, I think it's like the fifth or sixth one, New Hampshire is on there, which is interesting to me. That's um, so funny. Yeah. As for repeat, for repeat customers? No, just where my sales are coming from. In terms of repeat oh, customers, okay. my repeat customers are very low. Like I want to say, I don't have it in front of me right now, but I want to say it was like less than 2% in terms of repeat mm -hmm. customers. So that's something that I personally want to work on more. Um, yeah. you um, know, have you... So uh, have you filled out the repeat customer deep dive in the Facebook group? Uh, I have no, not. Because I'm a terrible person. <laughs> yes. No, you're not a terrible person. So I mean, for people who don't have the dashboard, I have a Facebook user group and I'm on there. I do like live lunch and learns and we chat and everything. But once a month we do a deep dive um, and it's an anonymous survey. I collect data and then I look at it to release and say, hey, here's what the data on a large scale is saying so we can look at trends so we've done like offer to likes and closet clear out data and this week this month is repeat customer data because mm -hmm. i think most people are like it's really low how do we make it higher what do we do and so i want to look at it on a large scale um so for both of you i the more data i have the better so well, then i will great. do it right after the call <laughs> okay. it takes like two minutes on your dashboard um it doesn't take long but there's a link in the facebook user group and anyone else who does have the dashboard and is listening fill that out yeah yes the more data we can feed sarah the better and then she <laughs> figures it out for us when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, yeah, I mean, that is something that I want to work on. I definitely want to work on repeat customers. And I mean, there's different things you can do in terms of customer service. But, um, you know, how do you approach it in a way that is feasible and makes sense and is not going to take up too much of my time because my time is limited considering I work full time. So I can't sit there on the computer all day and type up messages to all my previous customers. I mean, I have done it, but that's like an all day affair for me. So, you know, there's all these different factors that go into it. And a lot of, oh, sorry. A lot of people that I've talked to that have looked at their VP customers are like, oh man, it's so low. And, but Posh doesn't give us any, tools to reach out to repeat customers. Um, they're big on people on Poshmark in general have purchased more than once. I think it's like 87% or something like that is one of their stats that they like to put out there, like multiple people buyers. Um, but they don't give us tools. Like we don't know without the dashboard. I had no idea who my repeat customers were. Um, and even at that, they don't give us tools to even really reach out to them or offer like specific sales to like anything. And so I think it makes it really hard to do. Yeah, it's tricky. So this morning um, I sold a pair of uh, free people leggings to someone and in my love note, they just wrote, always love buying from Lori, repeat customer. And like, I honestly just felt bad that I didn't know who the person was, you know, and I was so happy that she was a repeat customer. So what I did just to try to make a mental note was like, I went in, I wasn't following her. So I followed her and I made it a point to go in and thank her for the love note, which I'm going to try to do with all my repeat customers now, because I feel like, you know, if I have to click on her profile in in Poshmark, make sure that I'm following her, share a few of her items, then go to the about, look at her picture again, read a little bit, press comment, and then comment in the about section. Like I'm feeling, because it takes a lot for me to remember names and faces. It's not like a strength for me, but I want to recognize these people who are coming back and I'm so appreciative, but I don't, unless they're like a YouTube person and they've like commented on a, on a YouTube video and then they, they email me and they want to purchase something or they go to my closet. Like most often I know my YouTube people because they are commenting on all of my videos and then they'll say, Oh, I bought that sweater from you in November or whatever. And it helps me. But just the people who are straight up Poshmark customers, it's tough for me to know who are repeat customers. Um, yeah. So that the data to know how many people are repeat is great, but it would be nice. Yeah. If Poshmark gave us more information. Yeah. So I went in with the repeat customers when I got them um, and I was like, this is glorious. And so I went and made bundles for all of the repeat customers and kind of did like, Hey, your next purchase, whatever, you know, like something to encourage and say like, I know that you're a repeat customer and I appreciate it. But before I had the dashboard, I had no idea who they were. Like, mm-hmm. no. Right. So on the dashboard, Sarah, it gives us like their, like their, their closet name, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It gives their closet name and then how many, unique purchases they've had so like if they bought one bundle that doesn't count as a read like even though they bought multiple items it's still like one but that was like one sale yeah but if they came back and bought another thing that you see how many individual things individual sales like not not items but yeah Yeah. and then it gives their name so you can go into poshmark and look them up and then whatever you want valuable yeah that's very helpful and that's a recent addition isn't it yeah, so we're in uh, the dashboard 3.0 that I released at the end of November, and that was that was added in at the. If you don't follow girl, I'm giving shout outs, but girly girl styles um, actually gave me the idea for that. She was like, "You you should totally add it," and I was like, "I totally should." Oh, <laughs> that's great. Yes, we also love shout outs. Of course, we follow podcast. Tori. <laughs> yes, I love Tori. She's great. She is very very good. Um, so. Sarah, I want to ask you a question now. It's, you know. Feels like the pressure is on. Oh, seriously. Any way that you would like. But I want you in your um, analytical way, right, with your your professional opinion, uh, I want you to discuss what you wish Poshmark offered for their their sellers in terms of data. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I am glad that I can offer the dashboard to people and um, 
support and you know, I'm making a few bucks off of it and I appreciate that, but I wish that it was in Poshmark <laughs> um, and that we had these analytics. Um, I mean, we were talking a little bit about like YouTube and like with Lori, like YouTube analytics are ridiculous. You can see where every customer, where every person is coming from and you can see how your videos are comparing to another. And I mean, just ways to help you become a better YouTuber. And I wish that Poshmark, um, and even if they didn't do it in the analytical way that I've done my dashboard, but just data that helped us grow and become better poshers. Um, because right now, if you look, your Poshmark stats are like one number that you've ever sold your entire life. Right. Um, mm. And then even like <laughs> for offers, like I would want to like how many, what items have the most heart? Like if you could even just sort by like the most hearts or right. I mean, That's or even so, like repeat yeah. customers, if I could have somewhere to put my repeat customers so I knew, like, there's just not really a lot of data to help us become better postures. I feel like we're all just kind of wandering around hoping that we're doing something right and we make a sale, like crossing our fingers, right? Yeah, that's I so true. totally feel that way 100%, yeah. especially <laughs> over the last few months. It's like, okay, I think I'm doing everything right, but am I? And why is it so slow? And why was yesterday, why did I have 10 sales yesterday, but I have two today. I did the exact same things. What I don't understand kind of thing. I think the thing that I want the most, um, I think is really cool is to be able to maybe click on an item on our end and the seller's end and be able to see who's looking at that item and where they live. And, and it can kind of help you in the whole source. Where they process. live. What are they eating for dinner? Well, yeah, that far. Well, like what state is okay. it? What state are they in? Because I know Shopify does something very similar where you can go in, it shows you the whole United States of America and it shows you the little dots and where the people are from and if, what the, you know, and the people that are on your site, what are they, where are they in the world kind of thing? Yeah. Well, we were saying prior to the call too, like even on eBay, you know how many views, like when you go into your seller's dashboard on eBay, um, it will say, you know, this item. So even if you're not getting offers or likes, you're like, well, hmm, 300 people looked at that. So there's interest, but am I priced too high or is, you know, are there other ones that are better quality than mine or whatever but like you see how many eyes are on your product which would be really interesting for Poshmark yeah yeah because I feel like the light I mean right now you can see how many likes you have but I don't feel like that means anything like people just it go totally doesn't it totally doesn't because Lori and I had this conversation last uh in our last episode um do do likes really matter because when we both started Poshmark and I don't know about you Sarah um, we just like things to like things. It's like Facebook and Instagram. Like you don't understand the concept of it. I'm afraid to like things now to be yeah, quite too. honest, unless I want somebody to send me an offer. And the conversation we were having, Sarah, was, um, sometimes if I get, we were saying how sometimes we can bundle if, if somebody likes several items, but if I get somebody who likes like 20 items and I go into their profile and it's like a newbie who has like 10 followers, I'm like, I'm uh, not going to send them an offer because not that, you know. Not to dismiss it, but I'm not going to go through the bundle. Maybe I'll say an intro and say I'm offering this special on bundles. But yeah, I think when somebody's new, they just see something that's that they like and they like it because they don't realize well, I mean, that they're going to get an offer 10 minutes later. And not even new, but I don't think, like we are on Poshmark all the time. Like we live, breathe, die Poshmark. Most people on the app are not like that. Um, so True. even if they're not new, they don't necessarily know the culture from a reseller perspective. And so mm -hmm. they still prefer to do that because I've left notes too. And they're like, oh, I'm just browsing right now. Yeah, yes. I've had the same yep. happen too. I think that's why I typically send a message first if they've liked more than one item and then just kind of leave it there. And if they respond great and if not, then, you know, no big deal, but at least I've, I've gone that. Extra You've reached step. out. Yeah. 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 And sometimes Although, it works. Sometimes, sometimes people are like, okay, cool. I'm going to bundle it right now and send you an offer and okay. You know, and, and they've had sales happen that way. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting just saying the culture of Poshmark because the culture of like sending lowball offers and then the culture of us, sending discounts on offers and sometimes it's like gosh if it could all just be more straightforward we could price things a little bit lower and people would just buy them like it's like a real store yep. you know and it's 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 just not the culture of it it's it's a big game yet here we all sit like i know for me it's my platform of choice i prefer it 
to eBay for, so it's like a double-edged sword. I like it because it's so easy, but then it also stinks because it's so easy. It's too, it's oversimplified, but from a listing perspective, it's super easy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm sitting at too. I'm on eBay as well. And it's not like on eBay, you can just send out offers to everyone who's watched is every watcher. Like it takes you 30 seconds, right? Where if you want to send out offers to all the people that liked, I mean, it could literally take you hours. And I'm like, this is awful. But I prefer Poshmark because the listing is so easy. The shipping is so easy. Um, and my live actually this week is going to be to people that are coming on um, talking about the pros and cons between eBay and Poshmark. Um, so that's going to be really exciting. Um, I did want to say something about one thing that I wish that Posh had when we were talking about it is where our traffic comes from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I know a lot of people like push YouTube and Instagram and you know, I'm doing it too, but I have no idea if it's working. Like I have no idea if people are seeing stuff on my Instagram and doing it. I know on Etsy that I'm getting views. I know on YouTube that I'm getting views. I have no idea if my efforts are actually making me sales on Poshmark. Right. And then mm. there's also like those items that have no likes. Well, just because they have no likes doesn't mean people aren't looking at them. Right. So yes, right. I'd exactly. like to know if people are looking at them because if they are and it's just, and it has no likes, well, then I need to look a little deeper into why is something on my end. Is it priced? You know, is the price not reasonable or are the pictures not good? You know, there's just so many different things that you can look into. You can really well, drive yourself crazy with all of it. I mean, I find oh, yeah. things like the brand pink, or airy, like things that I would consider more like teenager brands. I have so many likes on those things. It's crazy. And I think it's a bunch of high school kids going in and liking it and hoping they get like a $10 offer. And, and not all of those likes translate to sales, obviously, but I, I do feel like there are certain brands. Torrid is another one. Gets so many likes and then nobody pulls the trigger and they are not high priced items. It's right. really interesting because these are all things that are typically like older things in my closet. Um, and they're, they're priced like between 20 and $25 and they get a million likes. So things I'm not necessarily going to lower the price a lot. Like I'm not going to necessarily lower it to $12, you know, but, um, it's really interesting. Certain brands that I feel like have so many likes with no, nobody making offers. I also yeah. think, um, and this is maybe just from experience, like when it comes to Torrid, for example, Torrid was huge. Go back even like two years ago because there weren't many uh, retailers out there that were carrying really cute, trendy plus size clothing. Mm -hmm. um, now we have Eloquy, um, Anthropology now, like other brands are starting to come out and offer those plus sizes. So I don't know if that plays a part in it as well. That's true, Danielle. I never thought of that aspect of it. Like yeah. we say, um, when I worked at American Girl, um, our dolls were like the end all be all. There were no other 18 inch dolls for almost two decades. And then Target came out with our generation and our business just started to tank because we have girls for a certain window, like ages, I don't know, say seven to 10 or seven to 12, depending on the region you're in. And a lot of parents would come in and say, well, we're going to try them. We're going to start them on the Our Generation doll because American Girl dolls are so expensive. And then if they take care of that doll, then we're going to buy American Girl doll. But by the time the girl would be ready for an American Girl doll, she would have either aged out or just kind of moved on. And it killed our business yeah. once there were other options on the market. And then Walmart came out with an 18-inch doll and like across the board, like everybody had one. And and it's been a struggle now they're closing stores. Um, so oh, sad. it's, it's so sad. It's so sad, but at the same time, it's also a hundred dollar doll. So, um, anyway, but that was, that was an example of when we just kind of had the corner on the market, we owned it. And now that there are other options, um, you have to share the, share the, the money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like, I feel like that's kind of, resellers where we're at in general right now um because it is becoming i mean if you look at the stats on like where it's going to grow and how it has grown it is getting so more people are doing it and there's so many more platforms to sell on and which is great that it's growing and it's um kind of putting out some of these like trendy um you know the environmentally friendly clothing and that generations are in it and it's really 
uh, projected to be to only get bigger, which is awesome. But then that also means that it's getting more saturated. Um, mm -hmm. And I know for me personally, and I've only been doing it for, you know, a little over a year, but even talking to other resellers, things are starting to, you know, the more people you have, then someone's going to take an offer and then your comps are starting to get lower and you know everything which i don't think is necessarily a bad thing but i think it means that you have to start working smarter and not harder in what you're doing because what worked a year ago isn't what's working now because the market is more saturated and there is more plus size out there like you guys were saying and so when torrid used to sell and fly off the handle for you it's not doing that anymore so how do you change your strategy to keep doing it instead of just buying more things and trying harder and working 80 hours, right? Like looking yep. at what is working for you and how to change your strategy. And yeah. it also makes you even question like every YouTuber and Instagrammer and all of us with our podcasts and stuff, sharing all of our information. You know, I was at the bins in Boston and there was a guy standing next to me and they were, they were discussing something about electronics. It was total foreign language to me they were talking about <laughs> gaming and electronics and yeah. and then the guy you know used a few choice words and he's like yeah now some effing youtuber is gonna say that this is a great game and blah 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 and it really made me pause and i'm like gosh is that what i'm doing I am i like i don't know i mean i don't really claim to be like giving all this knowledge it's more of like my journey and what works for me and what's fun for me i'm because i'm not like a real stats person but i do wonder you know if, if if a if a person says oh this is what to look for and then it's like everybody scurries to that and then somebody else says this and everybody scurries and i think that's why there's been a lot of messaging about do your own thing and you know go towards what brings you joy and look at your own numbers because it's this it's like this a little bit of a copycat mentality out there right now that's it's kind of overwhelming if you're just on instagram all day it can really i don't know yeah, it's too much for me no and i agree i had to limit myself to social media because it does get to be too much but if you think high level and where do trends come from anyway is some someone decides that someone on the grammys is gonna wear big sleeves and now that's what we're all looking at like that's it's how so it yeah, right? that's true. It's not just, and we're just all now getting a piece of that pie instead of the four rich people of sitting in their lofts doing it. Now it's kind of a piece of the pie and that's the internet. Like that's the age that we live in. I don't feel bad about it, Lori. Like you do you. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> no, I don't really agree. feel bad. It just kind of makes me think sometimes. Like it just, it just makes me wonder, like, yeah. I, I love what I'm doing and I think we all do in, in having our little say and everything. Um, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Um, but, but yeah. And, and did you see the thing that Denali posted recently? I loved it. It was just in her story about how thread up had sent a letter to the people of the Academy Awards, like encouraging them to, um, wear like a vintage dress or yeah, basically in, in something about then they would sell it afterwards. And a hundred percent of the proceeds would go to like the charity of their choice. That's oh, that's cool. Yeah. It was awesome. That's where it's moving. And I, so I've had people, um, I did a, I think an IVTV about it a while ago, but I have had people like, oh, you know, you're taking away from other people who need thrift stores or like you're giving information out. And I mean, I don't know it about where doesn't matter. <laughs> well, but I don't know about like where you source, but I have never gone to any of my sourcing spots and then been like, sorry, we're out of inventory. Like yeah, never can. There is so much waste. And I, I actually did a podcast with one of the um, local thrift stores here. They have like 30 thrift stores. It's phenomenal. I love the, it's the arc. Um, but they used to have to ask people, I mean, they would have like commercials for donations and they're like, we had to quit all of those because we are so inundated with donations that we mm -hmm. just don't have to do. And, and so I don't feel like, and even when I go to the bins, like we all have different things that half the times, like there's a couple of people that are like, I know you like shoes. Here's a pair of shoes like yeah. it's never been like a and and maybe that'll change in a couple of years but like, no i agree with that i i will fight tooth and nail on that point like the people are say oh you're taking away from the poor i am not like <laughs> i just i firmly believe that i am not and if you're if you're um supporting some of these businesses like church thrift stores or um i w i was at a soup kitchen over the weekend with my son and um the money that I spent, they have a thrift store attached. It went to that organization. So I just don't, I don't subscribe to that at all. 
Yeah. And that's kind of, that was, so the ARC actually um, supports disabilities. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah. And my, uh, we actually use it. My oldest is autistic. And so we've used a lot of their um, services for, they have like advocates for schools and like they offer jobs. And, and so like, yeah, I'm spending money there and I'm spending a lot of money there and it's actually going to help services and help disabilities and also there's still tons of inventory. <laughs> like, That's so yeah, incredible. I mean, I don't yeah. know where people are going, but just for example, one of the local savers around here, every time you walk in, there's at least six enormous, like, rolling racks filled to the brim and stuff outside just sitting there waiting to be rolled inside. Like, there's so much stuff being donated on a daily basis. Right, right. So but I think that is where we have to, I mean, to your point in the beginning, Lori, we have to think differently and really strategically think about what we're doing and not just like you're not the only person out there reselling and so you really do need to figure out and strategically think about what you're doing to be able to make the long game in yep. doing because it is becoming more saturated and it's becoming more saturated too with a lot of um, part-time people which are more willing to be like oh cool like I'll take ten dollars I don't care right like yeah so pumps are going down yeah. Well, I think that's the other thing too with comps, like you can, I never really go by them a hundred percent because they are skewed because you have people that are reselling as a side hustle. And then you have people that are just selling things and they don't really care what they're getting for it. So, you know, I, do I go by comps? Yeah, to a degree, but I kind of do my own thing too. And I think that's what makes every reseller different and unique. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. And to that point, I bought this pair of Sorel shoes. Um, and they were phenomenal. Like they were amazing. I wish they were my size. Um, and the comps, like every single comp on them was like $30. And I was like, oh, hell no. Like I am not selling these for $30. <laughs> right. I think I listed them for like 120 and they sold for 75 which oh, I was that's like, so that's great. where it's at. Um, I just had a similar conversation with my friend Pania, who I know will be listening. So hi, Pania. Um, and she listed the, there was a sweater, it was cashmere and all the comps were like $30, $20. And she listed it high and it sold for 75 today. So, you know, don't be afraid mm -hmm. to price things differently than what the comps say. If you know it's value, then you post it at that value. If you know it's value or it's valuable to you, like to Sarah, right. like those, right. those Sorel shoes, like meant a lot. Right. And you're like, I will sit on these for a while and get the price that I want rather than yep. let it go, you know? Or there's times that I have like an outfit that I want to wear the next time I have somewhere to go fancy, <laughs> which is like, not going to be any time, but I'm like, I'm pricing this at like $200 because then if it leaves, I won't be quite as sad that I don't have to have it to wear. <laughs> that is so funny. That's an agreement. My daughter, Angie and I have like, if something comes in the house and she likes it a lot, she just says, just list it high mom. So I have time to think about it. Oh. <laughs> and that's what we'll do. I said, okay, I'll list it high. If it sells, she's like, if it sells good for you. If not, I might wear it. <laughs> yeah. That's All these games we play. It's fun. I know it is. Reselling is fun. All the ins and outs of it. But, you know, the data part of it is important because if you are serious about running a business, I think it, it's super important to have all that background information to really succeed in what you're trying to do. Right. I would. I mean, obviously, I agree with that. I would hope you agree. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I mean, it is. And I mean, that's what my YouTube and my so even if you don't have the dashboard and you do your own thing, but that's what my YouTube and Instagram are about because like, we're trying to be a business, but without doing the tools of other businesses, like Macy's is not out there, not looking at their data. I can guarantee it or oh, target yeah. or, I mean, any business they're looking at what is working. They're trying to find strategies there in whatever way. It doesn't have to be with my dashboard, but in whatever way they can. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Retail stores are always looking at that loss prevention. I mean, you name it They're I mean, it's a oh, daily yeah. function of the business. That and is one thing we have going thing. for us, right? No loss yeah. prevention no loss with prevention. the stuff in our, it's <laughs> that's true. a we big bonus. Storefront. No storefront. So the loss prevention, unless you lose the item, I mean, yeah. there's nothing. Which has happened. <laughs> yes, it has to all of us. Yes. So, yes. That's the only real loss. Or, you know, for us, instead of loss prevention, it's okay, this item, you know, was damaged and I didn't notice it when I bought it and I already took the tags off and the receipts, I don't know where, and you know, I can't yeah. return it now or exchange it. So I'm just going to cut my losses on this. Yeah. Or I want to, I want to say Jay counts my losses for something. He counts for like 5%. 
in damaged items. For those of you, for those of you who don't know, Jay, Jay my, is my husband and is also my accountant. Um, but yeah, he he accounts for that somehow. I think he says like five percent of the stuff I bring in is damaged, and so he just writes it off. Yeah, I mean that's basically what it is at the end of the day, right? It's just a write off. Just like yeah. a business would do it. And, you know, loss prevention is a little different. You can't exactly write off that money because it could be stolen or whatnot. But, um, yeah, same kind of concept. Yeah. What were you going to say, Sarah? Oh, just my loss prevention tends to be I, – so I model a lot of my clothes, and then it's trouble because then I try them on. Yes. <laughs> and my <laughs> loss prevention tends to be, oh, now that's in my – personal closet like. yeah yeah exactly well that fits me really I don't I can't tell how many times I come home I'm like my husband is Matt and I'm like Matt look at these aren't these cute and there'll be a pair of shoes He's like put them away don't try them on take a picture of them and list them so you can sell them yeah but they're really cute and I really want them they look really nice in my outfit for work yeah I know I do it too all the time I, I told I, Daniela, never call me if you want me to talk you out of something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, buy it, get it. Yes, Just you look buy great. It. <laughs> um, I'm actually, I mean, I say that I keep a lot and I actually don't keep that much because I, to me, it's like a number, right? And I'm like, but this could sell for this much. <laughs> like I'll I wear know. the thing that I got at Target. Like I'll wear the Target brand. I don't need fancy brands. <laughs> like I'll sell the I know. I'm the same way. I look at something like, oh my God, it's my size. Great. It was only $3.99. I'm like, oh, but I can flip this for like 50 bucks. I do Mm -hmm. it all the time. All the time. With the exception of Athleta and Lululemon, because that's basically what I wear in. So you keep that stuff. Yeah. Because that's what I wear. Like other stuff, I'm like, this is really cute, but I'm never going to wear it. Like Mm -hmm. I I, I have three children. I'm like, I'm not wearing this nice, fancy cocktail dress anywhere. Yeah. I've been actually thinking about that a lot. This this is more like a sourcing thing and not a data thing, but um who is wearing the fancy dresses? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like as a culture in general, we are a more casual culture. I mean, I've watched the evolution of my husband go to work every day in a suit to business casual with a tie to jeans and a Patagonia now. And it's like who is wearing the fancy stuff and how often? And is that why my dresses aren't selling? (laughs) Yeah, right. No, that's a good point, Lori. I mean, I work where I I work for the state. So we are business casual, I guess you could say. I mean, not everyone wears a suit and tie, but there are quite a few. Um, Mm -hmm. We we are allowed one day a week on a Friday, like tomorrow I'll be able to wear jeans. Uh, But even then, like they can't have rips in them and they have to like, you know, a nice straight leg skinny leg jean that's sure still kind of thing Mm -hmm. i think it'll i don't know but a lot of culture a lot of cultures in businesses is going more towards that casual work from home kind of vibe so Mm -hmm. i don't know like i I find i should probably look at my dashboard but if if i had to guess i sell way more like sweatshirts than i do blazers like i i I look at what i wear on a day-to-day day-to-day basis and um maybe we aren't the best examples those of us who are like stay-at-home moms or work from home people but um I, I do think as a culture we are more casual and if you line up 30 people you know are people of those 30 people who's going to gravitate towards the leggings and sweatshirts and sneakers um versus the slacks and the blazers and the blouses I I don't know I don't know yeah. And I, I'm kind of the opposite. Oh, I mean, I am still in my pajamas from this morning. I have not left. So personally, <laughs> is, I'm not the opposite. But for my closet, I sell a lot of career wear. Um, like, I, I'm not necessarily fancy, um, but like Calvin Klein work dresses sell really yeah. well for me. Because you can mm. get them at a fraction of the price. And people who have to wear Calvin, or not necessarily Calvin Klein, but are dressing up, you know, like, lawyers they still have to dress up for court I have a friend who is a lawyer and she's like I still have to get dressed it's more casual when she's not in court but she's in court a lot um and they'll spend they don't haggle as much because they're getting something you know they tend to have a bit more money and they Mm. like to look nice and so they'll spend $50 because originally it was 150 they're not necessarily haggling over Mm. a pair of sweatshirts but it's very selective in the career wear that I pick up. Um, and then fancy dresses. Um, I actually sold a hundred percent of my prom dresses last year because, mm-hmm. and I love picking And this is where like, I love fancy dresses. I'm not going to wear them anywhere, but I love looking at them, which is why I think maybe they sell well for me. Cause I like picking them up. Um, they sit because like right now it's not like, there's not a lot of people that are wearing them, 
but, but they should so so I, this is the first time I've had like prom I have two prom dresses in my closet right now and I'm really curious because I didn't have any this time last year for the girls like in having a senior in high school like this is the time like this is when they're yeah. looking between now and April so I'm curious to see how they go now well, so as you guys are talking about this, I'm actually, so I'm sitting in my closet recording because this is the only really good spot to record. And there's a yeah. prom dress right in front of me that my um, previous boss that just retired gave to me. It's a Giovanni. I think it's, she spent like six, $700 oh, on it. Yeah. I have yeah. no idea what to do with it. So do I put this on Poshmark? Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. yes. Giovanni is like now. one of the, Giovanni yeah. and what's the other one? Um, I can't think. I think Angelina's was Giovanni and we bought it in, um, New Bedford, I think. What's the place down in New Bedford? Alexandria's Fall River. Yeah, Alexandria's Fall River. Yeah, six hundred. Yep, that's yeah. what it was. So I mean, <laughs> I I think she gave it to me in September of October of last year, and I've just kind of kept it in my closet. I was like, well, I guess I'll list it in February. No, I'll list it now. Yeah. And the nice thing, so why I love products, they'll, they'll sit, but you're going to make good money. Like, because I retails at six hundred dollars, but someone will pay a couple hundred dollars for it. Yeah. And it's only been worn once. Most likely it's only been worn once. So it's probably That's true. really good shape. It's a size 16 too on top of it. So it's a good oh, size. Yeah. Better. Girl, get that listed. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's I will, great. I will do it tomorrow because I'm not yeah. doing anything after this. And well, another and thing you have, Oh, go ahead. You have what you have wedding season coming up too. So I pick yeah. up prom dresses and like formal dresses, and then you have like military balls. Um, oh, yeah. So like all of these fancy things that people don't want to go spend six hundred dollars on something they're going to wear once. Um, right. And but it's so like they'll spend a hundred dollars, which you know, hundred dollars is a huge part. You know, for a reseller, that's a good sale. But for yeah, that's great. Is not spending six hundred dollars that's a good price for them too i would have loved to have spent two hundred dollars on my daughter's prom dress i'm sure my mom feel, feels the same way <laughs> yeah, I, feel, I think everybody feels that way like yeah I, yep. that's so funny in act uh, just um i had this thought about the calvin klein wear stuff too and i think this is true for like limited pants like the drew fit or j crew like i also think career people know their style pants that they that they yeah. like from certain yeah. brands that have been made for years and years and um it's less work because they they know a cut and they know a brand and then they know their size and they just get it yeah and they can you know at 10 o'clock at night before they go to bed and they're like oh crap i need new pants i don't have to like wait to go to the store this weekend they can get online real quick and shop. Yeah, that's nice. Very nice. So I think it's time to maybe wrap up, but before we do that, I would like Sarah to take a few minutes if there's anything you want to say to our audience and, you know, give yourself a little plug because we're all about that here at Thrifters Villa. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's your um, time. Well, um, I mean, I did yesterday. I just, I did just release a free trial version of the dashboard. That's right. Um, it, How long so, is that so, going for, Sarah? Um, I mean, forever. Essentially, okay. I don't know until something comes up that I don't feel like it's. I, I don't know. I don't see any reason to stop it. I'm not. It's not. It's not an end date. Okay. Um, it's. It is just the by state chart, so it's not the full dashboard. Um, but it. The point of it is to see the process because I can tell you a billion times Lori and Daniela can tell you it's easy there's a video but until you really see it you're not going to want to invest the money in it and so I wanted to be able to show people like it really is easy <laughs> and if you have questions I really am there it's not just Daniela saying that to be nice like um and so there is the free version out there it's on my Instagram in my link tree there is a link to it and I did a post about it yesterday um always feel free to send me an email or don't send me an email. <laughs> I'm awful. Send me an email <laughs> on Instagram. Um, it's not terrible. Like I will, I have no notifications on Instagram, but then I have like 137 unread emails. Oh, <laughs> that would that drive you crazy, Daniela? I have like. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, well, My, by the end of the day, I go through it. By the end of the day, I go through it. Um, but if I see a notification on Instagram, it's usually business related, so I'm like on it there. On it. Yeah. But then my so Sarah, is the trial period, is it um, for any length of time? Like once people download it, do they have it for a certain amount of time or no, it's, it's just forever. theirs? So, yeah, they'll have the, um, it's just the by state chart. So it will tell you your sales by state. 
Um, but oh, it's okay. A, I I didn't hear what you. I didn't understand what you said there. The by state. So okay. So the the sales you have by state. Oh, gotcha. But they'll go yeah, through the whole process of loading it. Yes. Right. Exactly. So oh, it's not. Yeah. Very it's helpful. Not, it's not all of the all of the charts and everything. Um, because it's in Google Sheets, I didn't have a way to like take access away. Um, but I wanted to make sure to let people try it before they um, purchased it. And so that was kind of the happy medium that I came up with. So they will have the buy state charts forever. Oh, that's a great idea. They don't do something to it. Um, and then it walks you through, it's the exact same process. There's not a login to it because it's, I didn't need a macro for that one. Um, so there is that added step of the login, but that's mm -hmm. just, I mean, you guys know, it's just entering in your email. So um, but it walks you through like the copy and paste, exporting the Poshmark report and copying and pasting it. And I need so to watch that again. <laughs> <laughs> that process. Um, I think that's my only plug YouTube. I'm trying to do some live videos. Um, I am working on, if you followed, if you follow me on Instagram, I did an anonymous survey for Poshmark data and I am working on analyzing that. So I got about 150 anonymous people gave me their Poshmark stats so that I can look at trends what drives sales and I am finding out some really good information on things that I am actually even starting today I started changing what I'm doing on Poshmark based off of the data that um, I'm analyzing because I'm I like can't oh. wait to see what this data says like anxiously yeah. waiting Sarah I know and I'm working on it and then my computer died so um oh and then that's so frustrating my husband went to the store to get a new one on the way home and it's like a month wait and I was like oh, oh my what? god a month yeah, I'm like, I don't want a freaking month. So I don't, he was going to go upstairs and while I'm down here to chatting with you guys to figure it out. So hopefully he has a new computer ordered by the time I'm done. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Um, what a good husband. So I know. Um, he's my IT department um, and also my finance department. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so that's going to come out as soon as I get a computer and I have time to finish. I'm mostly wrapped up with it and then I'll do a YouTube video on it. But it's, like I said, I'm already changing things that I'm doing based off of it. So it is very helpful, useful information. So subscribe to me on YouTube and on Instagram to get the release of that. Um, and are you still collecting data, Sarah, for, for that? Or is that? Um, no, it, okay. is still up on, it is still up on my Instagram. I need to take it down because I've already started analyzing it. Um, okay. But yeah, no, I, I had it out there for about a month and I figured I got as much as people were going to give. And then for those who don't know, Sarah's um, handle on all platforms is Sarah Styles LLC. So yes. trying to look Sarah with an H. Yes, Sarah with yes. an H. Mm -hmm. Yes. LLC. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us today. It's it's really nice to get a fresh perspective on these tools that we're using and tools that people need to get in their hands to analyze some of their data that we're receiving from Poshmark and help us all run our businesses better. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for having me. It was great chatting and I look forward to chatting with you on my live in a couple weeks. Yes. Yes. Sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. That's right. Looking yes, forward so, to that. Uh, this, this episode will probably come out around the same time that we go live with Sarah. So stay oh, tuned awesome. guys. Oh, that's yeah. excellent. You'll get All right. Lori and I in action with Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to so like it. What was that Sarah? I'll have to like get out of my pajamas and maybe like comb my hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll make sure an exception. Like, this is going to be either a Saturday, Sunday where like I've gone out during the day and I'm dressed or oh, right yeah. after work, one or the other. <laughs> Otherwise it's PJs for me too. Oh yeah. No, we could I'm have a pajama it. party and everybody oh, in pajamas. We could do yeah. that. We could I'm do that. Saying. I've, I've done them in my pajamas. It's real life. Like let's do so it. <laughs> we'll have a slumber party. Yes. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Good night. Bye, Bye Sarah.